Welcome to Healing Place Church, where our mission is to be a healing place for a hurting world. We hope to enrich your life through reaching, serving, giving, and building. As you listen to this teaching, be inspired to fulfill your God-given destiny through the power of His Word. But I am pumped today to be starting this new series I don't know if I've been looking forward to a particular series as much as this one on the Holy Spirit called Fresh Air that we're going to be kicking off today. And I'm telling you, the first service, God just moved in such an amazing way. Just believing he's going to do the same thing this service. So if you have your Bibles, let's go ahead and open them up to John chapter 16. So if you have your Bibles, you can open up. You brought a real, one of these authentic Bibles. Maybe you have an iPhone. Who's got their iPhone with them this morning? Digital. Any iPads in the house? Because some of you, and if you don't have anything, we have these massive screens behind me that will have the words on them. So John chapter 16, John chapter 16, and just give you a little context here. Jesus is speaking to his disciples, and the, the last few chapters here, John chapter 13 through 17, are some of my favorite chapters in the entire Bible. And God's talking to the disciples, Jesus is talking to them, and he's giving them instruction, and he's telling them about things that are about to happen. And this is kind of a conversation where the disciples are having a hard time understanding what Jesus is saying. And they've been with him for three years. They've had a front row seat to miracles and signs and wonders and healings and the greatest preacher who ever lived, which was Jesus. And he's telling them, hey guys, I'm about to leave. And they're like, what you talking about? You're about to leave. You just got here. And he says, I'm about to leave, but it's to your advantage because I'm going to send one who's going to help you out in life. So if you have your Bible or look on the screen, John chapter 16, verse 5 through 7, this is what Jesus says. He says, but now I go away to him, him is the father who sent me. And none of you ask me, where are you going? And he says, but because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Jesus always knows what's taking place on the inside. We might be able to have an appearance like everything's going okay on the outside, but he always knows what's taking place on the inside of us. Then check this out in verse 7. He says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. I think that's interesting because normally when somebody says to someone else, hey, I'm telling you the truth, normally they say that because they sometimes lie. Anybody know somebody like that? Like this time for real I'm telling you the truth. And they have to say that because sometimes they'd be lying to you. But Jesus never lied. He never stretched the truth. He never fabricated the truth. Jesus says, I tell you the truth. He prefaces what he's about to say because what he's about to say is going to be difficult to understand. He says, I tell you the truth. It is to your, help me out. What's the next word? Advantage. It's to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper who's the Holy Spirit will not come to you, but if I depart, I will send him to you. It is to your advantage. Father, we thank you for our time today. And Lord, we just have great expectation for what you're gonna do. We lean into your word this morning. We ask that you'll just bring it to life. Holy Spirit, we welcome you in this place and we just pray that our hearts will be in line with you. Have your way in the name of Jesus. Everybody says, amen, amen. How many of you in here, you enjoy going out to eat? Let me see you. Okay, we're, we're awake now, talking about food. 
I mean, you just like going out to eat. I, I'll be honest with you. I absolutely love going out to eat. I think it's a brilliant concept. I mean, you don't have to go to the grocery store. Somebody shout amen. Uh, you don't have to cook. Uh, and after you eat, you do not have to do any dishes, which is perhaps the greatest part about the whole situation. I, I love it. I love going out to eat. And, and I try to go out to eat as much as I can. And some people say, well, going out to eat's expensive. And it can be. And we have three little kids. We have a six-year-old, a four-year-old, and two-year-old. And, and we don't mind bringing them out to eat. We don't, man. We'll bring them. I mean, they're loud at our house. Might as well be loud out in a restaurant. So we just bring them out to eat. And, and we've kind of got this thing mastered. People say, well, it's kind of steep, kind of expensive going out to eat. We know what nights kids eat free. We know it, man. We know that on Sunday nights at McAllister's, kids eat free. Some of y'all are taking notes right now. You've never taken notes before in church. We know that on Monday nights, kids eat free at Izzo's. Talk to me about Izzo's. On Tuesday night, I can go all day. On Tuesday night, kids eat free at Los Palmas. We are not scared to go to Izzo's on Monday night, eat a little Mexican, go up to Los Palmas on Tuesday night. We ain't scared at all. We love it. We go out to eat and we love it. But years ago, I have a good friend who's on staff now, Pastor Ryan Frith. I don't know if you know him. Great guy. Okay, you got some fans. Great guy. Years ago, about six years ago, we were in Dallas, and Ryan was saved at the time, but he was just barely saved, if you know what I'm talking about. And I remember telling him about this restaurant, and I get, like, really hyped up about food. I'm like, dude, we have got to go to this restaurant called Fogo de Chow. And it's like Texas Day Brazil. If you've never been to Fogo de Chow, just picture that uh, at the Texas Day Brazil, and even better, in my opinion. So we're going to go to this restaurant, Fogo de Chow. And he's like, all right, that's fine. That's cool. Let's go. I'm like, man, you are going to love it. And so we get to the restaurant, and sure enough, we sit down. And this is kind of how it happens. You sit down, you order what you want to drink, and then they start bringing you all these meats to eat. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? And they start bringing things like steak, they start bringing chicken and pork chops and ribs and pork, you know, just everything you could possibly have. More steak, more steak wrapped in bacon. It just gets better and better and better. If you're a vegetarian, probably not your favorite restaurant. But if you like to eat meat, this is your place. And so we go to this restaurant, and I'm just fired up. I'm wanting him to have a great experience. But when food comes, I am unaware of my surroundings. I just, my wife says, I hover over my plate. Are any men accused of that at your house that you just hover? And my wife's like, David, come up for air. I'm like, I love this. And so I just hover. And I didn't realize it, but, but the, the guys, the waiters were just coming and they were just serving me. And after a while, Ryan was like, hey. He goes deep voice when he's in a bad mood. Hey, man, they just keep serving you. And they're not even looking at me. I don't even have anything on my plate. I look over at his plate, and sure enough, his plate is absolutely just completely empty. I'm like, man, the favor of the Lord is clearly on me. (laughs) Not so much you. And so sure enough, the waiters come back, and they're just looking at me. 
Sir, would you like some filet? Absolutely, I'd like some filet. They start cutting it, and sure enough, they ignore Frith, and they walk away. And at this point, he is steaming. This is a true story. I think it's hilarious. He's just steaming. He still doesn't think it's funny. He's just so mad. And I look over at these restaurants. They give you this card. How many know about the card? Two-sided card. On one side is green. On the other side is red. Green means I'm wide open. Bring me the meat. The red means I'm closed. I'm going to the salad bar. Or I'm done. I don't want any more. I look over, and Ryan's card is on red. And I'm just like, Frith. I call him Frith. Frith, your card. He's like, what card? Your card is on red. He says, what are you talking about? I said, bro, you got to flip it over on green so they'll come and serve you. I am at this point just rolling, laughing. Again, he's not laughing at all. He's not even laughing in the front row as I tell this. But it was awesome. And I tell you this story to say this. This is so key and so critical for where we're heading with this series is that when it relates to the Holy Spirit, everybody lean in, when it relates to the Holy Spirit, so many people have their heart set on red and don't even know it. Oh, that's good preaching right there. So many people don't even realize it, but their heart is closed off to who the Holy Spirit is and what the Holy Spirit desires to do in your life. And this whole concept of fresh air, this fresh perspective of the Holy Spirit, our prayer is, is that we go through this series throughout this entire month of April as we talk about the gifts of the Spirit, as we talk about the baptism of the Spirit, as we talk about the fruit of the Spirit and walking in the Spirit, that our hearts will be wide open and say, Lord, our heart is on green. But this is the truth. So many people have been taught bad doctrine about the Holy Spirit. People say things like, well, you better watch out. You can talk about the Father. He's pretty awesome. Talk about Jesus. He saved us. But you watch out. Getting too passionate about the Holy Ghost. Them people, they do crazy stuff. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Don't you be going, this is what they say, Don't you be going to one of them spirit-filled churches. They'll start busting out the flags. Who knows about them flags? We bringing the flags back. I'm just playing. Bust out them flags. Them people I hear, they handle snakes. Can I tell you, if this church ever has a snake in it, I'll be the first one outside the door. This will no longer be a healing place for a hurting David Ray. I will be out of here. And people will say, hey, you got to be careful, love Jesus, but Holy Spirit kind of keep, keep him in the corner. He show up, things get crazy. And then some of us, man, we've not just been taught bad things, we've experienced bad things. How many of you know that people will do some weird, I mean weird stuff? They'll just do weird stuff. And they'll say, well, brother, that was the Holy Ghost. You hitting me on the head was not the Holy Ghost, my friend. And people do weird things. I mean, just weird stuff. I mean, you know somebody's a little weird, a little out there. Okay. <laughs> you didn't raise your hand. Maybe it's you. I'm just playing. <laughs> people do weird things. This is what I found. People sometimes are weird 
The Holy Spirit is never weird. The Holy Spirit is always drawing people to himself. And listen to me. He's always pointing people to Jesus. And these confusions and misconceptions that are all around, man, this should not surprise us. This shouldn't take us by God, take us off by guard. But instead, we should understand that the enemy, which I promise you exists, whether you think he's just a figment of our imagination or not, the enemy of your soul exists, the enemy of the church exists, and he realizes fully the potential if the people of God, the, the church of God, will allow the Holy Spirit to do what the Holy Spirit desires to do, the direct attack and onslaught that that brings against the kingdom of darkness. Does anybody know what I'm saying today? And he wants to bring confusion and chaos and disorder and all these misconceptions. But I'm here today to tell you, man, that the Holy Spirit is unstoppable. The enemy might try to stop him, but he failed with the Father. He was kicked out of heaven. He failed with Jesus when Jesus rose from the grave. And I promise you, he's going to fail with the Godhead of the Holy Spirit because he is an unstoppable God. And I want to today give you three thoughts around this whole subject of how in the world can Jesus tell us it's to our advantage that the Holy Spirit is here instead of Jesus in the flesh. So just three thoughts I want to tell you. And if you're taking notes, this is going to be helpful to you because some of this is going to be teaching. So you'll be able to write down some scriptures and go back and see later. But the first thought is this, as it relates to who the Holy Spirit is, truths about him, that it's to our advantage that he is here. First truth, the Holy Spirit is fully God. The Holy Spirit is fully God. Sometimes, because the way the Trinity, the Godhead, we believe in one God and three persons, the way that the Godhead is expressed, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, sometimes there's something internally in our mindset that we see the Holy Spirit is less than. Like he's the junior partner of the Godhead. Like the Holy Spirit, like he's pretty great, but he's like the recipient of the bronze medal. You know, Father, wow, awesome. Jesus, you saved us. Yes, Holy Spirit, oh, he's a little less. He's a little diluted. Not as powerful, not as godlike. Can I tell you, the problem with that theology and that mindset is nowhere in the scriptures do you see that to be true. There's obviously, there's order within the Godhead. And the Holy Spirit serves, but just because he serves does not mean that he's less than. And I'll just tell it to you this way. The Holy Spirit is not the skim milk version of the Godhead. Any people in here, you drink skim milk? Lord bless you. I grew up in a home drinking skim milk. That's all I knew. My mom, she ate healthy. My sister, she ate healthy. So we just had skim milk. I remember when I was 10 years old. It's amazing the things that you can remember. I was over at my friend's house, Jack Sherman. And I asked Jack, we were eating some Oreos, and everybody knows it's against God's ways to eat Oreos and drink water. Can I have an amen at the 11.15? Oh, nasty. And so I said, Jack, I need some milk. He says, well, there's some in the fridge. I go over to the fridge, I open up the fridge, and guess what's in the fridge? Milk. But it was not skim milk, my friend. This said a little something called 
whole milk. And it was a whole nother level of awesomeness. I open it up. I start to pour it. I'm like, what is this substance? I pour it and it's like ice cream that's been melted. You start to drink it and I'm drinking. I'm thinking I have been deprived for 10 years of my life because it's the real deal. Do not believe the fallacy and the lie that the Holy Spirit is less than. He is not the skim milk version of the Godhead. He's not the 2% version of the Godhead. But the Holy Spirit is fully God. Jesus says, it's to your advantage that I go away, that I send a helper. I'm not sending one who is less than. I'm sending one who is equal to. And when you get a concept of who God is, man, it changes you. You know, the book of Genesis, in the very first pages of Scripture, the Holy Spirit is introduced. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 and 2. It says, in the beginning, God, that he created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form, and it was void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the, help me out, Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. At the very beginning, you see the Holy Spirit at work in creation. And there's this anticipation of this. Listen to me. What is the Holy Spirit about to do? When Jesus is baptized in Luke chapter 3, the narrator, he gives us this picture and he talks about how Jesus, he was gone to John the Baptist and how he's being baptized. And as Jesus went in the water, as he came out, that these words were spoken from heaven, which was the Father. This is my Son, whom I am well pleased. At the same time, you see the Godhead, three in one, the Holy Spirit coming and descending upon Jesus in the form of a dove. The Holy Spirit is seen, the Father is seen, and Jesus is seen. In Matthew chapter 28, the Great Commission, maybe you've heard of it before, where Jesus has given his final instructions to his disciples. And he says, I want you to go and make disciples of all nations. Listen, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the name of the Son, and the name of the Holy Spirit. He doesn't just say, go and baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and stop there. He says, go and baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Jesus does not say, go baptize the name of the Father and the Son in the name of Peter or John, or Andrew, or Matthew, or Nathaniel, because all of those names are less than. But instead, he says, go baptize in the name of the Father, who is all-powerful and all-knowing, who is eternal. Go baptize in the name of the Son, who is the resurrection of life. And go baptize in the name of the Holy Spirit, who is fully God. Can somebody give the Holy Spirit praise in this place? He's fully God. And when we realize that the Holy Spirit is fully God, then we are compelled to worship him that way. We're compelled to live for him because this isn't some lesser deity or lesser being than the Godhead, but instead the Holy Spirit is fully, completely God. And if he is so, then he desires our entire intention, respect, honor, and worship. That's why in worship, man, we can't just sit still. We can't just sit still. i found that people who worship God the most are people who know what they've been forgiven of. And also they have a perspective of who our God is. And our God is eternal. He has no beginning and he will have no end. Our God is all powerful. It's called omnipotent. There's nothing too big for him. Nowhere in scripture do you see the Holy Spirit calling in for reinforcement. Oh, Jesus, I need a little help here. Man, Sally's going crazy. Can't get her under control. No, the Holy Spirit is all powerful. The Holy Spirit is omnipresent. 
He's not bound by space and time. These attributes of God are called his non-transferable attributes. No one else possesses them. That's what makes God, God. That's why the psalmist says in Psalm chapter 138, 139, excuse me, where can I go to escape your presence? If I ascend in the heavens, the Holy Spirit is there. If I take my bed and I make it in Sheol in the grave, behold, the Holy Spirit is there. If I go to the uttermost parts of the sea in the morning, even there your spirit will guide me and your right hand will hold me. Our Holy Spirit that we serve is what? He is fully God. Come on, if you believe that, let's clap our hands in this place. Fully God. The Holy Spirit, number two, is a person. He is a person. Listen to what Jesus has to say in John chapter 16, verse 13 through 14. Listen how he describes the Spirit of God. He says, however, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. The Holy Spirit is not described as an it or a thing. He is a person with a personality. The Holy Spirit has a mind to think, he has a will to make decisions. He has emotions where he feels. Philippians chapter 4 says, do not grieve the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit can feel joy as we worship him. Jesus does not say that the Holy Spirit is an it, but instead the Holy Spirit is a person. This is important because you don't have a relationship with an it. You have a relationship with a person. Some of you, I watch you, I think it's awesome. You come here, you get here early for the 11.15. You got here about 10.30, and you have your favorite chair you sit in. You love that chair. You think about that chair. You can't wait to sit in that chair. Nobody better sit in your chair. You get here, I don't know what you do. If you got to get coffee, you might just send somebody else. Hey, go get me espresso. I'm not leaving this chair. Because you love that chair. Can I tell you that chair throughout the week, it does not think about you. It doesn't miss you when you're not here. In the nine o'clock service, when somebody else sits in that chair, that chair is not thinking, who in the world they think they are? The chair's not doing that. The chair doesn't talk to his other chair friends about you when you're gone. Why? Because it's an it, it's a thing. But the Holy Spirit is a person. And I'm telling you, please hear me. The Holy Spirit desires, longs for, and craves a relationship with you. The Holy Spirit, this might sound crazy to some of you, but the Holy Spirit will talk to you. And I've never heard an audible voice, but I'm telling you, there's been times in my life that have changed the course of my life because of a still, small voice that's inside of my spirit. The Holy Spirit is a type of friend, listen to me, He's the type of friend that will tell you what you need to hear and not what you want to hear. If you go on in ways that are of this world and not of God, the Holy Spirit will convict you and he will convict me. And he will say, hey, this direction, this partying, this thing you're doing, this girl you're dating, this guy you're dating, this idea that you have, this is not of me. And sometimes we want to close that voice off, but that voice is not there to condemn you. It's there to help you. 
And the Holy Spirit wants to convict us. And the whole concept of that, I'm going to send a helper, the word in the Greek is parakletos. We say the word paraclete. And it literally means one who is going to come alongside of you. That like a friend, you do life with them. Just like Jesus did life with the disciples, the Holy Spirit in the morning, we should say, hey, Holy Spirit, I love you today. Lead me today. Guide me today. Correct me today. Show me today. Encourage me today. Because some of us walk with all these weights on us and we're depressed and we're down. Listen to me. The Holy Spirit who is beside you can encourage you. Some of you who are depressed and you have fear and anxiety, man, it happens to all of us. Elizabeth talked about it. He can bring peace to you. This is the one who is fully God, that he comes and does life with you. He talks to you. He convicts you. He encourages you. He brings you joy. He brings you satisfaction. But many of us, we don't even realize that that's available. Our heart's on red. The Holy Spirit says, hey, just allow me to do what only I can do. The Holy Spirit is a person. Y'all getting something from this? Third and final thing, and we'll close. Third and final thing. The Holy Spirit, we already talked about, he's fully God. The Holy Spirit, we talked about how he is a person and desires a personal relationship with you. The Holy Spirit, number three, lives inside of you. Jesus tells them, it's to your advantage. I'm sending one who is equal to me. He is fully God. I'm sending one who is going to come alongside of you that you can have a relationship with. And this is truly the answer to this thought of how in the world can this be an advantage? Jesus says in the chapter, John chapter 14, verse 16 through 17, and I will pray or ask the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. If you have your Bible, circle that word forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. Let me just pause. I didn't say this last service, but this... This whole concept is foolishness to the world. And maybe some of you in here today, you're like, man, what is this guy talking about? He's crazy. It's foolishness to the world. Unless the Holy Spirit reveals the truth to you, a preacher can preach the best message he can. A mom can pray as much as they can. But unless the Spirit of God does the work, it will not make sense. But Jesus says, I'm going to send the Spirit and he's going to be with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, but he is neither seen nor knows him. But you know him where he dwells with you. Listen to me. He was come alongside of them, but he will be in you. And this is huge. Give me, give me eight more minutes. This is huge. Because in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit would come upon people. And it was selective, wasn't upon everybody, and it was temporary. It wasn't forever. The Holy Spirit would come upon people and empower them, and then oftentimes the Holy Spirit would leave. But Jesus says two things. I'm going to send you the Spirit, and he's going to be with you for how long? Forever. And he's not just going to be with you. He's going to be what? In you. You see people like Gideon in the Bible, who he was just paralyzed with fear. And the Holy Spirit, boom comes on him, and he is a man who turns from fear to great courage, and he's able to defeat the enemies of Israel. Then you see like a guy by the name of King Saul who, man, had a messed up life. But in 1 Samuel chapter 10, he's walking along the road, and the Spirit of God came on him. 
And when the Spirit of God came on him, he did something he had never done before. He began to prophesy. Never done it before. Because when the Spirit of God falls, power comes alongside with it. Then there's a guy by the name of David. 1 Samuel chapter 16, David, who was anointed by Samuel the prophet, and as Samuel poured the oil on him, David, the Bible says, was filled with the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit would depart. There's a guy by the name of Samson. Anybody heard of Samson before? Now, the Bible says, even though Samson was so messed up, that the Holy Spirit would come on him to such a degree that Samson was able to take with his bare hands and rip a lion to shreds. Why? Because when the Holy Spirit falls, he falls in power. And Jesus says this. He says, he's not just going to come alongside of you, but instead, he is going to live in you. And this, my friend, is the advantage. Because Paul says it this way in Corinthians, that our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Before the high priest, one time, a year was able to enter into the Holy of Holies on Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, one time, one time a year. But the Holy Spirit now dwells inside of me? Are you kidding? Dwells inside of me? Paul also says in Romans chapter 8, verse 11, hear me, the same power, the same Spirit that rose Christ from the dead dwells inside of you. If you believe that, can you give God praise in this place? Come on, if you believe it, give him praise. Dwells inside of you. Dwells inside of you. I want to tell you something, church. There's an advantage on your life you don't even know about. Oh, I feel the Holy Spirit even right now. Man, there's some marriages in here. It seems like there is no hope for your marriage. There is an advantage you don't even know about. There's a power within that can be accessed, that can be used, and it's the Holy Spirit that does the work. He's the great reconciler. He's the great healer. He's the great deliverer. He's able to do, listen to me, that which you and I cannot do. Some of you battle with addictions, and you've been trying to overcome it by your own strength. There is a power that dwells inside of you that no drugs, no substance abuse, no alcohol, no addiction can overcome. Some of you have been bombarded with spiritual attacks by the enemy. You didn't know that's necessarily what it was, but there is no demon in hell. There is no Lucifer or Satan that is more powerful than the Spirit of God who lives inside of you. Jesus says, it's to your advantage. Somebody say, it's to my advantage. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, it's to my advantage. Come on, say it again. It's to my advantage. The Holy Spirit comes as helper because he is fully God. He is a person you can have a personal relationship with. And finally, he lives inside of you. That's the God that we serve. I remember when I was 12 years old, I was in love with Jesus. Man, I didn't understand everything about God. I still don't understand everything about God. As a finite being, we will never fully comprehend an infinite God, even in heaven. But I remember, and it was just him, it wasn't me, but I just remember sitting in a chair in my parents' living room, 12 years old, and just saying, Holy Spirit, I don't understand everything, but my heart is wide open to who you are. And my life is wide open to what you want to do. And I promise you, listen to me, I would not be who I am today, doing what I'm doing today, if it was not for the Holy Spirit's work in me. And I want to speak to you today 
because the Holy Spirit always speaks to potential. And there are things that he's called you to do that you cannot do within yourself. Some of you, it's a business endeavor. Others of you, it's a reconciling a relationship. Just like I mentioned, others, others of you, it's, it's with your marriage or it's with your children or it's with an addiction. But I promise you, when the Spirit of God shows up, He shows up in power. And we as a church, we don't apologize about it. We don't shy away from it. We say, God, do what you desire to do. Because how foolish would it be for me to say, God, I don't, I'm not really sure about this side of you. Why don't you just keep that side over there? Imagine what all we'll miss out on. But I believe a church that is filled with the power of God, the Spirit of God, that is a church that has great purpose, great impact, and reaches people for the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Y'all receive that this morning? Come on, if you receive it, let's clap our hands. Thank you for listening. For more information about Healing Place Church, go to healingplacechurch.org or give us a call at 225-753-2273.